0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Persist podcast. Today, I'm so thrilled to be joined by Rocio Aguayo, who is the ICUC Policy and Research Director. Rocio is proudly born and raised in San Bernardino, California. She attended AVHS, San Bernardino Valley College, and UC Riverside. She first got involved with ICUC, which is Inland Congregations United for Change, through her family members when she was 15 as a youth leader. She then served on the ICUC board between 2014 and 2018. Rocio also served on the student government at San Bernardino Valley College and has been involved in different local electoral races for 10 years. Rocio, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Denise for that introduction. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here today with you. Absolutely. As you know, the Versus Women's Political Engagement Conference is entering our fifth year this fall, and one of our main messages is that political engagement is much broader than just running for office or working for an elected official. You're an amazing example of this, as you have extensive experience in policy advocacy, campaign work, and community organizing. Please tell us a bit about yourself and your path into all of this work that influences the political arena.
1: Yeah, like you said, I'm from San Bernardino. I was born and raised there, but my story starts with my parents. They're immigrants from Mexico and uh, we have a family of, of five and I have a twin sister. Her name's Alicia and I have awesome siblings. And I think that we all have a different experience right but my experience within my family is me learning how to like navigate living in america as like a first gen student and then um i also feel like i had to carry a lot of generational trauma growing up from the colonization after many years in mexico and so yeah it was uh, it was weird growing up as like uh i've always been like a fat queer latina and i haven't really been like vocal about those things but So, yeah, just learning really how to unpack and heal some of that stuff has been like a huge big thing for me. And I've been like really trying to spend my time as like a person who is very compassionate and healing. And people always tell you that I'm a pretty nice person. I was in high school and in college. And I think that the work with ICUC really helped me do a lot of healing. And that work started when I was 15. And it was after the tragic murder of uh, someone I attended Catholic school with, um, Melanie Myers, my family. I, I wasn't close friends with her. My brother was in classes with her, but she was murdered in a drive-by. And that's actually how like, I see sees youth organizing work pivoted into like this big thing. And um, yeah, there was a lot of violence growing up in San Bernardino, and I didn't really understand that. And I didn't understand the poverty that I was navigating. And you know, with the generational trauma that I was dealing with. And so I, I just, I knew I wanted to be a leader in the community. The minute I got to follow with my brother and my sister, my older sister, when they started getting involved with ICUC. And well, when I was in high school, I was really interested in yearbook. So I was yearbook editor. So in that space, my twin sister and I got to Start a club called students for change at Arroyo. And um, that was interesting because I was learning about educational policy and the school board. And um, we were learning how to host like community forums and how to host meetings. And I remember um, having unfortunate experiences with adults sometimes where they were like, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, you're just following this script. It was kind of discouraging but at the end of the day, like we were going through a process of of learning and understanding how to navigate government and policy. Um, And that experience, like just broadened my whole perspective on like people. And that, that really taught me how, like that people, whenever there's people, there's always going to be politics involved. And yeah, I kind of took a little break from ICUC like after I graduated high school and I started doing stuff with Planned Parenthood and I'm super happy and glad I got to do that cuz I got to learn about like sexual reproductive health and about healthy relationships and yeah that was that was an experience I needed because like my my parents are Latino people and they don't really talk to they didn't talk to my family about like the, navigating those things and so it was like that extra resource that really helped me understand that there's like a whole political realm of like partisan and C4 work happening that I didn't know because I was First, getting involved with like this nonpartisan organization, and then that put me into an internship with the California Family Health Council, where I got to learn more about sexual reproductive health. And after that experience, I I went and got involved with um, San Bernardino Generation Now, who is like a local arts group in San Bernardino, who also participates in like political work. And uh, we were just shaping the narrative of like how disappointed we were with the city after they had entered bankruptcy. Um, we were all young adults just walking into this mess and um, learning about how that happened and trying to bring more arts and culture to the community. So at the same time I was doing that, Like I started at the community college in San Bernardino you know, and like, growing up, I was never good with academia. So I, I didn't get to go to a university. I actually wanted to go to UCR originally, but I just didn't qualify. I didn't meet the A through G requirements. And I went to Valley and I and I was really happy about that experience because um, I got to understand more in depth about like different people. And um, community college is super interesting because there's people of all ages for all different reasons there. And so that just helped me learn more about um, the different challenges people are facing at different ages and parts of their life. And so I, I got to meet a lot of really cool people. And I got involved with the student government when I was there. Uh, I was the student organizations director. So I would do like multi-club events, like Club Rush. And then I did end up being president for a year as well. And they took us to Sacra. Uh, no, they took us to Washington, D.C., sorry. And I got to go on different like events where we were learning about policy and like I had never really like participated in like writing policy and writing resolutions and so being in student government I got to experience that more in depth and understand more about bureaucracy in a different way because I got to directly influence it through the community college district and after that I kind of moved into a different role as I was going transferring into UCR and That experience was super hard, super, super hard because I had come from a, I was like, I need to move out. I need to start building my experience away from home and understanding how to navigate capitalism. And so I moved away from home and I really didn't understand like what it took to live on your own. So I learned the hard way. And then the whole experience of actually just transferring into a UC was also very challenging because I had my, my group of friends at the community college. Here I am starting fresh at the university and the rules are the same, even though I haven't hadn't been there for the other years, like freshmen come in and I didn't, I didn't go through that whole process of doing an orientation or anything like that to understand their bureaucracy and their system. And so, um, yeah, I had a lot of different challenges with, with that institution, um, but ultimately um, I was able to going and get more involved in other things.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of that, you know, from what you described in terms of the immigrant experience and intergenerational trauma and your, your educational challenges. Like, I think that this conversation is going to be incredibly relatable to a lot of students out there. So thank you so much for sharing that. I always appreciate your authenticity and vulnerability in the way that you show up. And I think that one of the most unique things about you, you've already highlighted in your intro, right? In that you have this amazing wealth of experience in not just, you know, the the student organizations on campuses, but in community work. And it sounds like ICUC has been really pivotal in terms of an entry point for you into this work. I'm curious to know more about the work that you're doing with them now. You work full-time for them now. Tell us more about the organization as well as what big events and campaigns you're working on for ICUC.
1: Yeah, so ICUC is more of like an organization for people who are not necess- not not necessarily like academic experts like these are people from the community who are frustrated and want to see their community change and um this is a place where we empower people and give people tools to really understand these systems that were not built with their presence in mind and and making sure that we're bringing people into those conversations of decision making with elected officials and so that the bulk of our work is with parents and youth and clergy members um, I specifically work with policy and research, and this past year I was able to work with a professor from UC Santa Cruz, Dr. Veronica Terikas, and we were able to publish um, a couple of different pieces around civic engagement. In the Inland Empire, and then more specifically around ICUC, and so here I am learning how to do this research and this these academic pieces that you know I'm not doing with within my college experience, but I'm doing it with my then ICUC, which is accessible to anyone. You don't have to be quali- like not necessarily qualified, but have a degree of, of any kind. You can come in and participate on projects like that and get your name published, despite not having like a degree. And so I think that's a great opportunity that like we're bringing to. People People in the community, and then uh, more importantly, like informing people about decision making and walking them through the whole process of like getting other people involved and, and changing an issue. And this past year, we spent a lot of time doing voter registration re- resolutions with different school districts in Alfred Unified, Coachella Valley Unified, San Bernardino City Unified, Riverside Unified, um, the youth took on a campaign to advocate for an expansion of voter registration in the high school's So that because they had been doing peer to peer voter registration, but um, they want to expand that that voter registration to like everybody and make sure that um, they're also doing like a voter education component as well with with the voter registration. And so hopefully that, you know, that we want to make sure to get polling locations on campuses. Uh, So there's a lot of different visions around expanding voting rights and other issues around education. They were they've been advocating for a wellness center for about five or six years now. And, um, so, yeah, it just goes to show that this, some of this work is like very long term because we're having one to ones with community members. We're surveying other students, bringing that data to the school board members, presenting, you know, qualitative and quantitative data and then talking to them about like what kind of funding can move into this project. What kind of policy do we need to put in place to make sure that this is happening? Um, so it's like a long term thing that takes place, but with people directly involved with parents and students. And most importantly, one of the other things that I was able to be a part of this year was pursuing funding from the state, we were able to pursue $6 million to continue doing our work. So I got to be a part of that whole process. And then I got to bring everyone in to meet their state elected officials, and then see through the whole process of like working with the Senate Staff And then the assembly staff and then the, the governor's office. We just had a bunch of different conversations and presented all of our research and our work to all of these elected officials. And they they saw the investment. They They saw the need for the investment in empowering youth in decision making and making sure that parents are also engaged in this process that we're giving people through our
0: work with ICUC. This is incredible. Six million dollars. dollars—that That's huge. Congratulations. I think that you mentioned to me as we were messaging before this, uh, there's an event coming up, right? On October 2nd. Tell us, tell us more about the event.
1: So we're, as I see, see, we're not only thinking about like our organizing, we're thinking about other people and their organizing. We, we are a fiscal sponsor, Inland Coalition for Immigrant Justice and other local nonprofits in the area. And so we want to have a space where people can, you know, have community meetings and events, and we can all partner together. And so we are opening a a center in San Bernardino, right by San Bernardino High School, so that we have multiple organizations collaborating. It's not just ICUC, the the center is the Center for Community Organizing, is the Warehouse Workers Resource Center, and then Immigrant Coalition for Inland uh, Inland Coalition for Immigrant Justice, ICIJ, Chords, which is a music program within the school district. So a lot of different groups, a lot of different organizations for parents and youth to participate in. Just this center, because we don't really have like spaces. We do have community centers, but they're very limited and they're not really big. So this is a a big space to really bring people together.
0: This sounds amazing. So the event is the Inland Empire... Center for Community Organizing Grand Opening. It's happening October 2nd from 5 to 10 p.m. The address is 1411 North D Street, San Bernardino. This sounds like an incredible event and thank you so much for Uh, letting us know about that. Hopefully people will hear this before October 2nd and we'll uh, take the time to go out and celebrate that grand opening. And and again, congratulations on the $6 million and the amazing work that you're doing. Um, I'm especially interested in the work that you described with the faculty member, right? Because it's sometimes, oftentimes in education, um, you know, there's a hierarchy involved and what you described about, you know, needing to get uh, information or, you know, intentionally getting information from community members, right, not just those with degrees. This is critical. Like, that's how change happens. That's how we really understand the most pressing social issues that we're trying to solve. Um, Yeah, it sounds like your organization is doing amazing work. And uh, congratulations on all of that. And, you know, I found myself saying a few times on this show that someone is a brilliant campaign mind, and that definitely fits for you. However, I'd also add that what's most salient for me, knowing you, is the heart that you put into the campaigns you take on. You and I worked together on Abigail Medina's campaign. She, of course, was just on the podcast recently. Uh, we, We gave you a shout out. So if you're listening to this now, also go back and listen to the Abigail Medina episode in which we talk more about that campaign. Campaign, which was incredible. Rocio, please tell us more about why political campaign work is so important to you.
1: It's really important to me because there's a lot of governments that are predominantly ran by men and more specifically Caucasian men who don't really serve the values of women and people of color and queer people. Um, So I've always saw the need to like diversify governments at different levels. Uh, I first started my first campaign, which is a school board race uh, before Abigail. I was in 2011. I I really didn't know anything about anything, but they invited me to walk with them and I got to see them like knock on doors and talk to, to random voters. And I was just really, I had never participated in something like that. And I was just surprised that people just went up to people's doors and spoke to them and uh, so it was a good experience, and I really wanted to do more of that. I, I felt really inclined to get to know my neighbors, and I I was able to do that with like other multiple campaigns, like city council, city clerk. But I was really most intrigued with with Abigail's school board race in 2013, and it was it was uh, because that her her opponent, because we were with doing advocacy work with the school district. Um, she was a school board member. And we had been advocating for issues and that school board member directly told us like, you are not voting. You guys are underage. Why should I care what you tell, tell me and us. And so I was more inclined to like really find a different person to fill that seat so that we were able to have someone listen to us as students because, you know, we're as students directly being impacted by the decisions school board members are making. And so I met Abigail at a community event and she was like, I'm running. And I was like, oh, no, like, that's crazy. And so I started asking her a bunch of questions when I first met her. And then I found out I went to school with her, her eldest daughter. And we just clicked. And then we just started hitting the streets and talking to people about her, about her work with COPE and other other work she had done. And it was just a fun campaign. Building community is really what comes out of it and um building lifelong friendships I, I really do enjoy just getting to go out and like talk to people about my values and talking to them about their values and and i think that um those experiences really prepared me to like participate in Abigail's campaign in in 20, 2019 and 2020 which was a whole different ball game but um it was fun nonetheless and i appreciated all the things i learned and at the end of the day like you know, we were, we knew it was a long shot, but we were going to try our hardest regardless because, you know, no other Democrat was able to win. And we got the closest anyone has gotten, even on a really progressive message with which they didn't think would happen. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all we all were able to be paid and compensated for our time, which doesn't always happen. People often don't pay youth. They just expect them to volunteer. And so that was super important and just giving people an additional experience to put on their resume, to continue to move up and build a portfolio of different experiences in the community, I think is really just really like the most important piece of that work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I talked about this a bit with Abigail on the podcast and I'll say it again, like I enjoyed so much of that campaign i mean it was really hard and stressful for all of us who are volunteering our time for so many reasons but one of the things i most enjoyed was seeing you be the leader of all of these high school and college students who were diligently working on the campaign and they were so fired up about the campaign right and the message of the campaign and were and you're right you were compensated which is really important but we're also there because they wanted to be there and they were interested in doing the work and they were learning these really valuable skills Skills, right, that, that not a lot of youth have, especially in this region. Right, it's, it's amazing what that campaign was able to do in terms of training future campaign staff and organizers. That was um, incredible to watch. And so again, kudos to you and Abigail and the whole team for that experience. And now you are in Washington, D.C. You've spent your life in the inland region of Southern California. How does it feel to be in Washington, D.C. now? And has that changed your perspective at all on the Inland Empire region?
1: So I just decided that I needed to pursue a bigger network and like more resources for not only myself, but but the IE. I wanted to make sure that I was able to contribute as much as I could. And so I, I knew that I had to challenge myself and move away from home, which I'd never lived anywhere else besides the IE. And um, my husband you know, agreed to it somehow, but he did. And I'm really thankful and grateful for his support and every decision I make, every, every decision. It's a tough one, but we make it. And I'm really grateful for him. But yeah, I, I think that it's definitely changed my whole experience. Just I had never really spent a lot of time on the east coast and and I didn't really understand like the the severity of um issues with like I think we have in California our issues within diversity, like that whole piece of the ethnic studies like fight, but it's like way more intense in the southern belt, and um uh, people are still having to deal with some really explicit racism and it's just horrible and it's really opened my eyes to my own implicit bias and um, I'm challenging myself to keep working on growing in terms of um, being more understanding and compassionate with um, people and their capacity and their time because you know we're all going through things throughout life and and I just want to You know, I didn't think people experienced other things, and I and now I'm just seeing things differently. So I I think just making that jump from the West Coast to the East Coast has really changed my perspective. Um, So the reason I again I wanted to come over here was to expand like my network and resources. I want to bring the work that ICUC does and connect it to the national work because ICUC is a part of a national affiliate with Faith in Action. Previously known as the Pico National Network, and uh, we we could do better at, at doing our part with with the national work. So I think just strengthening our relationships with Pete Aguilar and Mark Tacano and Raul, Dr. Raul Reese and some of the elected officials, um, making sure that we're working together. We we definitely want to prioritize um, funding for violence intervention programs, which we've been pushing for in the city of San Bernardino. And um, we're seeing the fruits of the labor, and that's a partnership with Young Visionaries, Hope Culture, you know, they're the ones out there um, doing the project with people who are affiliated to gangs and making sure that we're trying to reduce the homicide rates in San Bernardino. So, yeah, we just want to pursue more resources for San Bernardino to make sure that we're really bringing as many resources as we can to the area.
0: That's incredible. I'm so excited for you to have that experience in DC. Thank you for sharing about what what that has meant so far for you. You know, as we've talked about all of the great experience you've had over the years in different organizations and campaigns, I'm assuming you've had some great mentors along the way. If so, please tell us about them and, and how they've impacted your life and your work
1: yeah my uh my first mentor is my sister Yvette and then my older brother ivan my sister yvette was always having to deal with the um sexism and some of the issues that I didn't understand growing up being a woman and she taught me a lot about like standing up for myself and and um having self worth and so i always grateful for her and her helping not just me, but my twin sister grow. And then Ivan for introducing me into this work with ICUC and and making sure that I was always like given a ride to stuff and to my parents as well. Like I know they didn't, they never really understood what I was doing, but you know, they supported me nonetheless. So I'm super thankful for my family. Um, And then Dr. Tom Dolan, who's the executive director with ICUC has been a huge mentor in my life, always putting me in spaces um, that I never thought I'd be in and, and making me grow and challenging me and agitating me in ways that I didn't <laughs> didn't know I needed. And I am also Abigail Medina, of course, she's always um, believed in in my capacity and always like supported like all of my ideas, even though you know they didn't make sense you know, she just helped me figure it out. And wasn't critical or judgmental. She was always kind and compassionate. And um, she was so brave. And I was just always so inspired by her, her capacity to like navigate certain situations. Because I like, if I was put in situations like that, I I don't know what I would do. (laughs) But I learned a lot from her. So I'm really grateful for her as well. And then I have another mentor that I want to shout out, which is Joseph Kahn from UCR, um, really made such a huge impact while I was at UCR on me. And we're still working together um, to do different projects with Dr. Veronica Therikas, And she's one of my new mentors. She's teaching me about research. So I can talk more about that within the college experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you um, to tell us about your college experience and what that was like for you.
1: Yeah, so earlier I had mentioned that I had always wanted to go to UCR. I, I UC took us on like multiple field trips when I was in high school, and I just really liked UCR. But again, I, I didn't meet the A through G requirements. I went to Valley, and like I mentioned earlier, I really enjoyed that. It was such a good experience. And when I started going to UCR, um, I didn't know how hard the transfer piece was going to be, but I, I was really struggling to navigate everything because I just hadn't spent enough time there, but I was having to meet the same deadlines. And um, it was just absolutely hard for me because I was coming from this place in community college where people like it's people take time off of school. Like they have families and they have jobs and they have other things that they need to prioritize. And my twin sister was at UC Irvine at the same time and and I was we were comparing our experiences and when you're going straight to like a four-year university like you're kind of essentially in this bubble and um, we would always talk about how like she was always more invested in like the community campus and there's nothing wrong with that but like there was things going on the community globally and they weren't necessarily like priority for her because she was so focused within like academia and school and for me like I was able to do my classes at the community college, but I was also able to do stuff in the community. And I was like out, you know, prioritizing my, cause I was in, I was working and I was doing other things. And it was like a, I felt like I was a part of like a, an adult life. People say that, oh, when you get into the real world, world, after you graduate, I felt like I was already a part of the real world and so now I was being pushed into this bubble Mm -hmm. Um, and I was taking classes with like freshmen and it was like just weird because I was so much older and I it's it's not that that was the the issue because I had that at the community college but it was that like they had already gotten a a grasp of where every building is at they had already understood who their favorite professors were and Mm -hmm. stuff like that that I had I still hadn't I had no idea, like I was still trying to understand how to navigate that. And, and luckily I came across Dr. Louis Rodriguez from the, from he's interim for the Dean for the School of Education. Mm-hmm. Also went to Valley and then he's from Colton, which is right next to San Bernardino. And yeah. he connected me to Dr. Joseph Kahn. And um, I, I love my major, unfortunately, like I came in with political science. And, and I, I wish I would have changed it, but I was already so far in. I was like, I can't do this, but I love taking those classes with this, with the school of education because mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly the work that I do with ICUC and I just loved it. Everyone there, it was like a mix of transfer students and like freshmen coming in and um, he, we got to do an independent course together. Like he was my supervisor. And then I got to do a research Um, work study with him. And it was just an overall, like I, I I was struggling and he saved me and helped me get through a lot of tough times by supporting me. So I'm just really grateful because again, it was like, I wasn't prioritizing school hundred percent because I had to prioritize like paying my, my bills and my rent and taking care of myself um, and navigating like all of my life issues and my health issues. And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's been a, it's been a whole struggle, but Ultimately, like, I feel like I'm doing the work right now with ICUC 2 that like people are doing in grad school. I'm working alongside grad students to Mm -hmm. these publications and think that like overall it's academia is easier when you're like super passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I wasn't passionate about political science, but it just they don't teach you how to run a campaign. They don't teach you how to do like policy advocacy and it's like not that experiential piece i need that hands on learning and i i never felt like it was like that
0: yeah for me at least yeah i i really appreciate you detailing What education has been like for you and the challenges. And again, like I said before, I think so many students listening to this will resonate. I know um, there there are big differences, you're right, between the two year college versus the four year college experience. And actually, this is a really good segue into our last question, which I ask everyone, which because this podcast is geared towards college students, generally speaking, um, since we're based at UCR, if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners again especially college students thinking about getting involved in the political arena what would that be
1: my advice is to well with with school it's not a rush especially if you're a first gen student you're learning and navigating everything on your own so it's okay to take breaks and take your time because at the end of the day like your health is a priority especially your mental health and i don't think that like you should, anyone should sacrifice their health and their mental health just for work or school or whatever. Um, so just want to emphasize like self-care is super crucial. And I think that also applies with, within the political and legislative work, if you want to do stuff, really just take the time to build relationships with people and get to know people on a, on a personal deep level, because at the end of the day, like we're all here, we're all human beings doing this work and you're going to get the most out of it as you build community. And as you build these lifelong friendships and, you know, eventually they're going to be bringing into, they're going to be like getting this money and having these projects. And then you're, they're going to think of you as a partner, someone to work with, and you guys will get to build community with other people and bring the the resources and do the policy changes you want to do. And it, it, it ultimately comes down to like who, you know, with a Mm -hmm. lot of different opportunities. And I I just want to, you know, reemphasize like having the courage to know your worth and standing up for your value and making sure that like, you know, you're asking to be compensated for your time. I know that people don't want to pay interns in college students, but you definitely need to survive as well. And it's okay to ask for money and to be compensated for your time.
0: That's amazing advice. And I hope people listen to that over and over again. That's really sound advice. Thank you so much, Rocio Aguayo, Policy and Research Director for ICUC. This has been a really fantastic conversation and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Denise. Take care. The Persist podcast is hosted by me, Denise Davis, director of the UCR Women's Resource Center, and is produced by Rosa Tejeda and the staff in the UCR Women's Resource Center. Check out our Instagram pages for links to more episodes at UCRWRC and at UCR Persist. If you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, please email us at wrc@ucr.edu. We hope that this podcast inspires you and those around you to get involved in the political arena, because we know that who is at the table absolutely matters. Finally, if you have any ideas for who a future guest should be on the podcast, feel free to reach out and let us know.